Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Genesis. Last time we read Genesis chapter 40. Now Genesis chapter 40 told us about Joseph interpreting the dreams of the chief cupbearer and baker, kind of like a, a butler. And uh, these were the chiefs, though. Uh, they, they managed the, uh, the household and uh, the baking, which could be me, it could mean even a chef, possibly, but it does specifically say baker. So, um, anyway, important people in Pharaoh's household. And uh, unfortunately, one of the dreams was interpreted negatively, negatively for the chief baker, and uh, he was hanged. And then for the chief cupbearer, he was restored. Yet even after all that, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot all about him. Now, And he did. He did lapse and not remember Joseph. Now, we're ready to read Genesis chapter 41. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and lo, there came up out of the Nile seven healthy cows, sleek and handsome and fat, and they grazed in the reed grass in the marshy pasture. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the Nile, ugly and gaunt and raw-boned, and stood by the fat cows on the bank of the Nile. Then the ugly and gaunt and raw-boned cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. Then he fell asleep and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of grain came upon a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears of grain, thin and dried up by the east wind, sprouted after them. Then the thin ears swallowed the seven plump and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and it was a dream. So when morning came, his spirit was troubled and disturbed, and he sent and called for all the magicians and all the wise men of Egypt. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them to him. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would mention my faults today. Two years ago, Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We dreamed a dream on the same night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the significance of the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was with us in the prison a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us to each man according to the significance of his own dream. And just as he interpreted the dreams for us, so it happened. I was restored to my office as chief cupbearer, and the baker was hanged. And that is a very quick recap of the, the previous chapter. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Now, oh, I did want to mention, so you notice the chief cupbearer did finally remember Joseph. It was, you know, a few years later, two years ago, 
is what he says. So, you know, a few years later, he did finally remember Joseph and mention him to Pharaoh. So, you know, it just sort of makes the point again that you never know when you're trying to help someone else how that's going to come back to you in the form of a blessing in some way. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when Joseph shaved himself and changed his clothes, making himself presentable, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you that you can understand a dream and interpret it. Notice that Joseph, he was in prison or a dungeon. He was not in the best of place. Notice they they shaved. He had to be shaved and changed his clothes. He had to be cleaned up to come before Pharaoh. Pharaoh's not going to want to see him, you know, all nasty and dirty and everything. So just something to remember. Joseph, even though, I mean, even though he was prospering in ways, he was still not you know, in the best of uh, positions. You know, God was prospering him and watching out for him, but still not in the best of positions, not um, not a free person and not, um, you know, not in not having a life like any of us would want, you know, still in the dungeon. They had to bring him out of the dungeon. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It's not in me to interpret the dream, God, not I, will give Pharaoh a favorable answer through me. So, here, Joseph is giving all the praise and glory to God. You know, he's going to do his part, but it's not in him. It's through the power of God. It's through God that he can give Pharaoh this interpretation. So, Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, And seven fat, sleek, and handsome cows came up out of the river, and they grazed in the reed grass of a marshy pasture. Lo, seven other cows came up after them, very ugly and gaunt, just skin and bones, such emaciated animals as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the lean and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows. Yet when they had devoured them, It could not be detected that they had eaten them because they were still as thin and emaciated as before. Then I awoke, but again I fell asleep and dreamed. I saw in my second dream seven ears of grain, plump and good, growing on a single stalk. And lo, seven other ears, withered, thin, and scorched by the east wind, sprouted after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. Now I told this to the magicians and soothsayers, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The two dreams are one and the same and have one interpretation. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The two dreams are one and the same. The seven thin and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and also the seven thin ears, dried up and scorched by the east wind, they are seven years of famine and hunger. This is the message, just as I have told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh 
what he is about to do. Listen very carefully. Seven years of great abundance will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But afterward, seven years of famine and hunger will come, and there will be such desperate need that all the great abundance of the previous years will be forgotten in the land of Egypt as if it never happened, and famine and destitution will ravage and destroy the land. So the great abundance will become forgotten in the land because of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. That the dream was repeated twice to Pharaoh, and in two different ways, indicates that this matter is fully determined and established by God, and God will bring it to pass very quickly. So now let Pharaoh prepare ahead and look for a man discerning and clear-headed and wise and set him in charge over the land of Egypt as governor under Pharaoh. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers and officials over the land and set aside one-fifth of the produce of the entire land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Let them gather as a tax all of the fifth of the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the direction and authority of Pharaoh and let them guard the food in fortified granaries in the cities that food shall be put in storage as a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine and hunger which will occur in the land of Egypt so that the land people will not be ravaged during the famine. Now the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. So notice the interpretation that Joseph has given him from God is that there's going to be seven good years and then seven really, really bad years. Okay, And he's encouraging him to appoint someone to make them responsible for making sure that enough food is stored up, that it will get them through those seven hard years. It's not that that won't still be hard, but they can make it easier at least, and it won't be as difficult. This is, you know, this is planning ahead. You know, a lot of times we see the signs, we see how things are, and we need to plan ahead. We need to try to take that and plan ahead when we know. When we can see the signs and we know something is coming, you know, we know that you know, there's going to be a hard time or a bad time, you know, we should try to prepare, you know, set back a little bit of whatever we need to and prepare for those times to make it a little less hard. So Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, a man equal to Joseph, in whom is the divine spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since your God has shown you all this, There is no one as discerning and clear-headed and wise as you are. You shall have charge over my house, and all my people shall be governed according to your word and pay respect to you with reverence, submission, and obedience. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you in Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you in charge over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and dressed him in official vestments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. 
He had him ride in his second chariot, and runners proclaimed him, Attention, bow the knee. And he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission shall no man raise his hand to do anything or set his foot to go anywhere in all the land of Egypt. All classes of people shall submit to your authority. Then Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphnathaniah. Now that is the best pronunciation I'm going to do, and I don't know that that's correct. Let's see. I think they have a meaning for this. Um, okay. They think that's probably Egyptian for God speaks, he lives. So, meaning that God speaks through Joseph and, and lives through Joseph. Um, or maybe maybe Joseph lives because of God. Mm, yeah, that's probably true, truer, a truer thought. Um, God speaks through him and he lives because of God. Or for God. All right. So then Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphnath Pania, and that's like I said, the best I'm going to. And he gave him Asenath or Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, Heliopolis in Egypt, as his wife. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt to inspect and govern it. Now Joseph had been in Egypt thirteen years and was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So now he was thirty years old. He'd been here thirteen years in some form of slavery. He had spent uh, a good number of years here. Maybe I would have to go back and look, but he spent a good number of those years in the prison, in the dungeon, um, serving from there. So now Joseph had been in Egypt 13 years, was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph departed from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt performing his duties. In the seven abundant years, the earth produced handfuls for each seed planted. And Joseph gathered all the surplus food of the seven good years in the land of Egypt and stored enormous quantities of the food in the cities. He stored away in every city the food collected from its own surrounding fields. Thus, Joseph gathered and stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he stopped counting it, for it could not be measured." So I want us to take just a moment to, before I continue on, to realize that here he had been sold into slavery. He had gone through all these things, even though God was prospering him and improving his circumstances. He still had, you know, he was still put back into prison. You know, he, I mean, that was a that was a step backwards. You know, he was a servant in Potiphar's house, and then he ended up in prison. Again, through no fault of his own, these circumstances, these things happened to him, but he stayed faithful to God. He kept working at what he could work at and proving his worth. And God kept blessing what he was working and doing. Okay, And uh, finally, and, and it took years now, it took years, it took time. Finally, God um, blessed him to get him in this position. Now he's second under Pharaoh. From the dungeon to second in command of the country under Pharaoh. 
I mean, just realize what a great leap that is. And that that's a wonderful blessing, but it, it would not have happened had he not stayed true the, to the Lord, had not worked and done what he could do, and and had not taken you know as much responsibility as he could for his situation. Do what you can always, even when your circumstances and your situation is bad. Do what you can to improve it or to make it better. And trust God. Trust God. It may take time. You know, circumstances, these things happen. Some of these things, I think of it as God divinely watching over his people and taking care of them and helping them to grow, helping to take care of his people who is Joseph and his people. And we'll see all that as we as we continue. Now, two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, causing to forget, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and hardship and all the sorrow of the loss of my father's household. Because here... God has blessed him and put him in a great position of power. He named the second son Ephraim, Ephraim, fruitfulness. For God has caused me to be fruitful and very successful in the land of my suffering. And that's very true. God did bless him greatly. When the seven years of plenty came to an end in the land of Egypt, the seven years of famine began to come. Just as Joseph had said they would, the famine was in all the surrounding lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread or food. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, do whatever he says to you. When the famine was spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold surplus grain to the Egyptians, and the famine grew extremely severe in the land of Egypt. And the people of all countries came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy grain because the famine was severe over all the known earth. In other words, in that whole region where they were, where they were, now you have to remember back then they didn't have planes and jets and cars and they couldn't just drive hundreds of miles and, you know, it was it was not an easy thing to escape um, such a widespread catastrophe. So here in all the known area of the world, for them in all that region, there was a great famine. And only Egypt, it seems, from what we're being told here, it seems that only Egypt was really prepared, and that was through the blessing and the foreknowledge of God. It's, it's inter- interesting to see Joseph's story again and to read this and remember that he did his part. And that's what we have to do in our lives. We have to do our part, do what we can do, remain faithful to God, and trust that God will bless us. You know, God has set up certain what I call spiritual laws, the way things work. And, you know, it's kind of reap what you sow. That is kind of like, that's one of those laws. It's not kind of like, it is one of those laws. And when you sow good things and you do good things for others, that will be a blessing that comes back to you in some manner. It doesn't mean 
because I gave a hungry person five bucks that God is going to bless me back with five hundred dollars. That's that's not what we're talking about. That's you know that's just math and that's really kind of hokey because I don't think that's something that was intended to be taken literally. I think the blessing can come back to us in any number of different ways, and the value of some things is way beyond money. So the fact that you helped someone and maybe it costs you a few bucks and then you get some future blessing that is just way more valuable than any money. Say like Joseph here, he's blessed. He's brought up out of the dungeon and he's made second command. That is beyond, you know, the price of a little bit of money. That is a great, great blessing. So, all right. This is Genesis chapter 41. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.